You're listening to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Erica. We're two former next door neighbors and good friends who love a good chat and a good laugh. We're inviting you to come on in, have a drink, and stay a while. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. Today, we're revisiting a topic we love to talk about on and off the mic, our marriages and how to make them the best they can be. Marriage is the best when you feel completely on the same page as your spouse and when they make you feel like the best version of yourself and vice versa. But maintaining that kind of relationship takes effort and communication. So we'll be talking about what that looks like in each of our marriages. And if you love this topic, you might like some of our other past episodes on marriage, like our approach to equity in marriage from April of 2022, best spouse, worst spouse, very funny, from March of 2021, household division of labor from July of 2020, and communication in marriage from April of 2019, which features guest hosts, the husbands next door themselves. Very special episode. So we think we'll have a lot to say on this topic, so we're going to skip neighborhood updates for today and dive right in. So as of this recording, Chris and I have been married for 13 years. You and Jeremiah have been married for 18 years. Something I've been thinking about a lot is not taking a great marriage for granted and in fact continuing to work to make a great marriage even better. So what are some ways that you feel like you guys have leaned in to deepen your marriage over the past few years? Okay. Uh, Number one, therapy, Mm. both individually and as a couple, I think both are important and can, can both add so much to your relationship, even when you're doing it individually. So I would highly recommend that making alone time priority, especially as kids are getting older and more independent. I think sometimes you get in this rut of like, Oh, it's not worth the hassle to leave the kids. Mm-hmm. And like you, you're not really like updating your mentality with their growth. Mm-hmm. You know, like we recently realized we can do a day date for a couple hours and the yeah. girls can stay home and have their phone ready and we can mm-hmm. call them or whatever and check in, but that that works out just fine. And it was like this, sometimes you got to have these, you know, realization moments. Mm-hmm. Being a good roommate. This is something mm-hmm. I think about a lot. I feel like Jeremiah is a much better roommate than uh-huh. I am. And I think about like, if this wasn't my husband and my family, would I like to live with me right now? Like, am I leaving my stuff around unfairly? Mm -hmm. Am I doing things just because they need to get done? Or am I like kind of complaining about everything? Mm -hmm. Am I really kind of pulling my weight just Mm -hmm. in terms of the household? And I think that that's important. Consuming some of the same media and books and podcasts has actually been this interesting connection point for us, especially around anything maybe kind of political or um, just a more sensitive topic where maybe we might have more disagreement. And Mm -hmm. if we're both like, hey, I listened to this podcast on this, tell me what you think, or I want to talk to you about this this weekend. And we just kind of each consume it on our own and then come back together to have like really meaningful conversations about it. And it's nothing that we're like super formal about, but I have just noticed that when we're in a good place, we're doing that Mm -hmm. more often. Um, and then I think this is easier said than done, but I think we have figured out in a lot of ways how to really work with our natural strengths as partners and also not be threatened by differences. Mm. I think that it's very, when you're, when you're like that tied to somebody and it's that high stakes, I think it can feel almost, it can feel threatening to have like major things not in common Mm -hmm. instead of like, it's okay, you're into that, I'm not, or I have this view, you have this other one. And I think even that's something we learned in therapy, like during the pandemic, that it it wasn't we agree on everything or else we're doomed. Right. (laughs) 
and it feels like that, especially when you're going through stressful times. Yeah. And it's okay to just let things be or talk mm-hmm. about them maybe later on when it doesn't feel so high stakes or whatever. Like it's okay to still be your individual selves mm-hmm. with differing opinions and strengths and weaknesses within mm-hmm. that relationship. Yeah. And it's that's like a hard one place to be sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like requires some confidence and some trust. And I think it can feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And you yeah. kind of have to get to a point where you're comfortable with that little bit of discomfort or, yeah. or getting to a point where I think you see like, no, this makes us stronger right. because I'm seeing and respecting that difference and I'm being okay that I'm not going to convince yeah. you to be differently or, or give, maybe learning something yes. from it even, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I have three different things to share. The first one is sharing our personal vulnerabilities and challenges. I think these are conversations that you can avoid completely and still have a really good marriage, Mm. but choosing to have them really deepens Mm -hmm. and strengthens your marriage. And these are sharing things like, I am not feeling great in my body lately. Yeah. Um, or I'm comparing myself to someone else's situation and I'm feeling envious. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of those icky feelings yeah, that, that you don't really want. Yeah. Someone and that, to honestly, know. for me, I do not vocalize those mm-hmm. very much. And mm-hmm. so I have really been thinking over the past few years about when I'm feeling those things to tell Chris about yeah. them, to not keep that. So and it'll private. come out sideways often if you don't. Yes, it can. <laughs> it can come out yeah. sideways. Um, or even sharing something that either of us is feeling anxious about in a work or personal situation that, that would never affect the other person. I find for myself, I think it can be easy for me to keep those things private, not even because I'm thinking about keeping them from Chris, but it's just kind of, Oh, it doesn't involve Chris. It's just something I'm going to deal with. I'm going to handle. And so really trying to think about making sure that I'm sharing that with him. Mm-hmm. I think that brings us closer. And then it's also really amazing to have support yeah. in, in yeah. those things that are like and challenging. And you can be the most supportive in your spouse for things like that, that, that don't really affect you. Yeah. Like I can be real supportive about something at work right. when I don't feel like, oh, okay, that's going to be, right. you know, a financial situation for us or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I can just be, play that supportive yeah. role. Yeah. The next one is prioritizing being together over dividing and conquering. Yes. This is one we have especially realized, I think, over the past couple of years as Maeve has become a toddler. Mm -hmm. I think that having our two boys, and they were so close in age, Mm -hmm. it was easier to be a foursome. Yeah. And then with the third kid, and then that bit of age difference where she needs to be home napping while mm-hmm. the boys are out doing something, it can feel natural to say, okay, you take the boys, right. I'll be here with Maeve or, you know, you go do this right. or whatever. But we were just finding that that could just end up with weekends or evenings feeling like, you know, we're just, yeah, separated mm-hmm. and not getting that time together. And I think we just realized that really doesn't feel that fun. And cr- then Chris and I miss out on time that we could be together mm-hmm. and like that family time. Yeah. And like laughing at the kids together yeah. instead of just like absorbing everything on yeah. your own. Yeah. And- instead of just, you know, going to and fro and like managing tasks mm-hmm. kind of. And I was thinking about this too, that I said jokingly to Chris, we didn't have kids just so that we could take them places and cook for them, you right, know, and especially right. doing that by ourselves. Right. Like we had kids so we could have a family mm-hmm. and be all together. So, true. so now we really look for opportunities to find more time together like that, like taking Maeve to daycare in the morning. Like, you know, the daycare drop off is a really easy one. Like, are you going to take her? Or am I mm-hmm. going to take her? But if we go together, we get this little 15 minutes both ways, yeah. have a conversation, yeah. sometimes stop for a coffee. 
um, running errands together if we can, or even just like trying to be in the same room together. Yeah. Like amicably working yeah. on our own things. Which is but. funny that that even feels like a challenge, but sometimes Maeve wants to like pull you off to this side of the house. And it's like, no, set her up to play in the great yeah, room. We're all so right one of here. us is playing, one of us is making dinner and we can at least, you know, um, we have found ourselves saying to the other at the start of a weekend, let's try to co-parent as much as possible. Mm. And we just go into the weekend. I think that kind of helps too, just like going into it with that mindset mm-hmm. so that we're both like, okay, let's prioritize being together versus, oh, hey, I'm going to like steal away and run right. these errands, right. which is totally okay. And there's a time for that. Yes. For sure. Yeah. But sometimes it's like, let's just mm-hmm. be together as much as possible. I agree. And then the last one, finding everyday small ways to show each other that we care. Mm -hmm. This is kind of like those love languages. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, Chris and I have been having some really good conversations about this. And I have noticed Chris doing things like this even more lately. And it just means so much to me. And I think he's honestly better at it than me. (laughs) So this is things like setting my coffee to brew the next day. Mm -hmm. And Chris isn't even drinking coffee lately. Mm -hmm. And so that's just for me. Like it is not even for him at all. If I'm out late, like at my high fitness class, I I will come back to my blanket that I like to sleep with being on the bed, my bed turned down. So he'll make it up just the way I like it. Um, cleaning and organizing the kitchen in Mm -hmm. the very specific, slightly (laughs) anal ways that I prefer. Not his way. (laughs) That would not be his way. Um, even like when I am out for my kind of gym and coffee on Saturday mornings, he says like, Oh, I always try to have the house like clean and the laundry done when you get home. And I don't tell him that he just knows that I really appreciate it. And Anyway, it just makes me feel so cared for. It, it's not even like a love, but it feels so cared for. Yeah. And that's such a good feeling. Like someone's got you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I really love that. Um, for Chris, a few things that I've been trying to do, like grabbing, you know, a snack or a treat, like, you know, a protein cookie or protein bars. Mm-hmm. He likes something like a healthy little mm-hmm. snack and I'll write a little note on it and leave it somewhere where mm-hmm. he can find it. Something like that. Um, and as we've been having these conversations, he does really like physical affection. Mm-hmm. So like being a affectionate Mm -hmm. like that, just in like a casual way he really appreciates. So anyway, and I think too, just seeing those things, Mm -hmm. I think it can be easy too to be like, okay, I'm doing tons of stuff. Yep. You made my coffee and just moving on, but seeing it as a, as a real act of love and and appreciating it and saying it it out loud. Yes. And Mm -hmm. like feeling that love from it and saying that appreciation. Mm -hmm. Next, let's talk specifically about how we each approach talking about something harder in our relationships as a way to give a little pep talk for anyone who feels like they need to do that. So how do you go about this? Well, first of all, is to try to wait as much as possible till you have no potential interruptions. I think it can feel very stressful to feel like you're finally getting somewhere in a difficult conversation or something really upset you. So you start talking about it in the moment and then you have a kid who needs a snack and you have, you know, someone's about to leave. Like I really want to talk to, but I got to get to this appointment. And it just, it can feel so frustrating and like this extra source of stress for something that's already a stressful conversation. So trying to just wait Mm -hmm. if you can. And I am like a, nope, I have a problem. I want to talk about it right now. So this is something I've worked on better than, Mm -hmm. you know, I've had to work on this more than Jeremiah, where he will be like, Hey, I really want to talk to you about that. Can we talk after dinner tonight Mm. or after the kids are in bed or whatever? It also gives you a minute to like calm down if you Mm -hmm. need to. (laughs) I think something else that I, we have learned to do is preface 
the conversation with what you're expecting from it. Mm. So maybe it's just you need to vent and you need to be heard. But if you don't expressly say that, your partner can feel like they need to offer a solution or they need to fix it or that you're coming at them some kind of way. And maybe you just really want to be seen and heard. Or maybe you do want to come up with a few things that you can do to fix the problem. Like, hey, I'm really struggling with this. I'm going to tell you why it's bothering Mm -hmm. me. Can you help me think of a couple things I could do, like Mm -hmm. a parenting issue or whatever? Um, I think that is so important to just be real specific about what you need from the conversation. I really like that. Um, Also, assuming the best Yes. This is hard to do sometimes Mm -hmm. when you're living with a person who like, you know, you get in these ruts where you're like, I mean, your chewing bothers me. Like everything, you're doing that intentionally to bother (laughs) me. (laughs) But just really thinking like, okay, we're all trying to, nobody's trying to be a bad husband or Mm -hmm. a bad wife. Mm -hmm. And we're not talking about those situations here. We're talking about two people in good faith trying to show up Mm -hmm. as good parents and family members Mm -hmm. and spouses Um, assuming that that is their goal Mm -hmm. and that maybe they're struggling right now or maybe they don't realize how they're coming Mm -hmm. across and just assuming that best. Um, And then listening Mm -hmm. and waiting before you jump in. Mm -hmm. That's something else I have a hard time with. I like to talk. So just doing more listening and more waiting and more patience, mm-hmm. just like all listening, the way around. Reflecting, yes. really hear what they're saying, yes, and process it, and then and have be okay. Now, I think I've heard this on like Sharon says so on Instagram, talking about just even like political opinions or things that people share online, and normalizing not having to have a reaction to everything. Mm. Like I think we feel like sometimes like, well, I got to defend myself mm. for that. Like this, that's not what I meant. I meant this or. Or I'm going to have to, you know, my partner feels strongly about this and I'm not sure how I feel, but I better pick a side mm. instead of just like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, I'm not sure how I feel about that or or that's making me feel a little bit mm-hmm. like upset right now, but I'm not really sure why. Let me think about that, mm-hmm. you know, and just slowing down mm-hmm. our interactions mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. One thing I have thought about is having a conversation about how to have hard conversations. Mm-hmm. I, Chris and I have talked about this, like if I wanted to bring up something that's harder to talk about, what's the best way to do that with you? Yeah. And having that conversation totally detached from actually having anything hard to bring up. We recently had a good conversation about that and it was like, oh, this is actually having a conversation about how to have hard (laughs) conversations. (laughs) I want to say too, that it is not always comfortable to have serious conversations about something you disagree agree about Mm -hmm. or when emotions are high. But I think what I am realizing is making the effort to have those conversations and finding connection and resolution Mm -hmm. deepens and strengthens the relationship so much. Yeah, like through the discomfort. Yes, Mm -hmm. and it is so worth it. And the more you practice that, Mm -hmm. and I think make it a practice that I am open when you want to come to me about something. Mm -hmm. I know you're going to be there to listen when I want to bring up something and that we can work through it together. The more you practice that, it just becomes easier because you're keeping that communication open. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I was thinking about this and talking with Chris about it too, I think the more you keep that communication open, then when you are having a deeper or harder conversation, it's not a conversation about the accumulation of all the hard stuff, you know? Right. And it just piles on. If you don't address it at the Mm -hmm. time, it's like, well, and this thing Mm -hmm. from two months ago. And another example. always, you know, you're just actually talking about the issue at hand. Mm -hmm. And that's so much easier to work through and find connection on versus 
you know, and you're talking about how I'm always late and yep. you're talking about how I don't do the laundry yep. in the way this that you want. Backlog of grievances. <laughs> exactly. So, okay. Now more about the specifics. I completely agree with you about trying to take that time to reflect on something first. Mm -hmm. And really I'm asking myself, why am I feeling upset about this? Mm -hmm. And, and really like getting to the root of it Mm -hmm. and trying to do that in a way, like you said, where I'm assuming the best of Chris, right? I know he would not, I know he has proved himself to be a person who is not doing something to intentionally hurt my feelings. And so let me think about like what's triggering about this for me. Let me consider his point of view Mm -hmm. and what he was probably thinking. And then that is so helpful to bring to the conversation. Um, Sharing how something makes me feel, not making assumptions or statements Mm -hmm. about him. Mm -hmm. Or I have said this many a time, like, I know you didn't intentionally mean to forget to do that thing or say it in that way, but it did make me feel Mm -hmm. like this. Like let them know you're assuming the best about them. Yes. I think that really, really helps. When I was chatting with Chris about this, he made such a good point. And he said, you might have to bring something up a few times before they will hear it. Yes. And he said that that's something that I have done with him Mm -hmm. and And so I thought that was such a good point because I think for me, I could feel like, well, I brought that up. Yeah, we've talked about this. Right. And so why is it still a thing? Mm -hmm. And so I really liked that in terms of like, think about with parenting. Yeah. If you bring up something one time. Yeah. Like you don't assume that it's going to be fixed forever. Right. It is totally normal and appropriate to have continuing conversations yes. about Especially that. Especially if it's a place where you're going to just keep rubbing up against each other. Right. Like there's certain things that are just preferences or personality differences yes. that are going to create conflict throughout your life yeah. together and you need a way to talk about mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. I think the more that you talk about it, like I would say for for Chris and me, there are things like that where I am very particular about the way, you know, the laundry is folded, the kitchen is clean, particulars like that. Mm-hmm. And those things really don't matter as right. much to Chris. And they're not going to just because they matter to right. you. Right. But the more we've had conversations mm-hmm. about it, we can both see each other's points of view. He can see that those things really make a difference mm-hmm. to me and that it's not just that I'm trying to control how he's doing things. Right. And so then he is happy to do things in in that way in my preference because he's like oh I kind of see like this is in service of you this is part right. of loving you right. like it's I not can because show my love I have this way. to like it this way right. too yeah but then I can also have a lot of understanding where it's like oh I know that Chris is doing so much around the house he's just trying to do things as quickly as efficiently as possible mm-hmm. and that's not his preference and so if he doesn't do it all the time right like he's not doing it to intentionally annoy right. me or ignore my preference right So I think that just really helps. Um, There is a certain aspect of that that is humility and letting Mm. go of ego. Mm -hmm. And those are two things that Chris has brought to the conversation and was telling me about. And then when I'm thinking of it in that way, I mean, and that just means like seeing the partnership as the priority. Yeah. Letting your own personal ego take yeah. the back seat. Yeah. It is hard. It is real hard. And it and it's not something that it's like, oh, now I can just do no. that going forward. It's a practice. Especially from somebody who has the ability, most likely your spouse or your partner is the person who has the ability to to 
hurt you like nobody else mm-hmm. or to feel not that they mean to, but mm-hmm. like you just take it so yeah. personally, right. everything that they do. Right. So I feel like sometimes they're the hardest people to like put your ego on the back burner with because you feel you just really want them to think highly of you. Mm-hmm. You really want their love and approval. And, mm-hmm. you know, that matters more than anybody else in your life. So, yeah. Yeah. And following on with that, I feel like in terms of just taking responsibility for something that you Mm -hmm. have done or a way that you made them feel, I have heard myself saying something like, you're right. I can see how my tone would make you feel that way. Right. And I hear you and I'm sorry. Right. But that's so hard. It's so hard to say. Because you're like, I'm right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's how I am at least. (laughs) And that is the ego. Yes. That's the ego. Like I'm right. Right. The way I see it is the most important. And And so that's the practice. The other thing is like, you might be right, but the partnership and the the cooperation is the priority. Right. Right. Ooh, it's It's hard. Uh Uh-huh. That's hard stuff. It's hard. But I think ultimately though, too, finding that connection and resolution together, Mm -hmm. that ends up feeling better than just I'm right. I'm right. Totally. Yes. Totally. But I think you have to experience it a few mm-hmm. times before you get that like, yes. okay, yes, it does feel better. Totally. <laughs> and then the last thing I will say is opening a harder conversation or something deeper with asking about their experience mm-hmm. instead of opening with like grievances or even sharing what I think can be a totally good thing to do instead of opening with this made me feel right. Or, you know, I was thinking this and you did that. I had this experience recently because there was some tense parenting moments and Chris lost his temper a little bit. And I just felt like emotions were too high and I wanted to chat with him about it later. And I kind of wanted to come in more of like, Hey, I, I don't want you know, tones to get this way. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of wanted to shut shut it down a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I ended up opening saying, Hey, I want to talk about what happened this morning. It felt really stressful. Can you tell me what your experience was Mm -hmm. like? And so good. And it just ended up opening a conversation. Chris shared his experience and he, in talking about it, he was like, you know, that's not the way right. that I think we should right. do things. And it was just heat of the moment. And it just, you know, kind of all these yeah. accumulating allowed factors. him to process what led to that for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then honestly, he said everything that I would have said, right. but then I got to be in like a open receiving it instead of coming in kind right. of like correcting. Right. And I just made a little mental note that's because so I really was ready to come in with, let's talk about this. I want to do it this way and not this mm-hmm. way. But I ended up opening with that question Mm -hmm. and I just said, okay, I want to try to do that more often. Yeah, that's really effective with our kids probably too more often. Like, I noticed you were really upset with that. Like what was happening for you? Yes. Making a note. And I think sometimes genuinely, especially in parenting conversations when maybe someone has dealt with something like all day from a child Mm -hmm. and the other one comes in like, whoa, what's Mm -hmm. the big deal here? It's like it gives that other, that partner like a chance to be like, hey, just so you know, yes. this is where I was at. And it, it's not that you still might not want to make corrections, but right. it's like, it helps you understand each other and feel on the same yes. team. Like, oh, that's really frustrating. I would have probably lost it at that point too, you exactly. know, whatever it might be. Yes, exactly. Well, that gets right into the next topic. Nothing tests your marriage like kids at their worst <laughs> or kids who are going through something hard. Uh-huh. So what has helped and what have you learned about marriage through parenting challenges? Hooey. Okay. The big thing is that it's it it's kind of goes to what you're saying about like time together as a family and this partnership and it's it's got to be like 
us versus them. Yes. The adults versus the kids. Or even just like us as a family figuring this all out and not just like every man for themselves. Right. It doesn't work. No. It doesn't work because it doesn't because you're living as a family. So you need to learn how to like operate as one. And I think it can be very easy because sometimes logistically it has to be like mm-hmm. you do this, you do that. And we definitely fell into that same trap too, where it was like, we realized we were not spending any time co-parenting right. and in a meaningful, like the kids see us literally in the same room right. co-parenting because it was just like, they need to be separated. Yes. They're at each other's throats. So you deal with this one, I'll mm-hmm. deal with this one. And it just became all hands on deck instead of like, hey, how can we just be together here as a family? Mm-hmm. And and I think when we're now dealing with older kids stuff, like tween attitudes and stuff like that, it can feel so personal to the mm-hmm. person who has dealt with it all day looking at me. <laughs> and it can feel like no big deal maybe to the right. person coming in just seeing the one eye roll or the one offhanded remark and so it's super important to be like taking your spouse's point of view as gold first like Mm -hmm. tell me Mm -hmm. what you're experiencing because I think you can just get like defensive of your kids or just like is it really that big of a deal are you just having a bad day but like it's kind of like that assuming the best like assuming that they have they're approaching this from the most adult Mm -hmm. respectful place that they can manage Yeah, I think that goes to being just on the same team as your spouse, which I think just goes so far. And I think about this advice that I saw on the Cup of Joe blog a long time ago, but it was, remember that your partner is not the enemy. The kids are the enemy. (laughs) So true. You have to get this mindset sometimes, like the sleepless nights or the just over the top tantrums. It's like, it's not us. It's them. It's okay. We're okay. Yes. We're okay. Exactly. But just when you are tired, when you are stressed, when you're getting Mm -hmm. the attitude, you are just already you know, on edge and then it can just be so easy to Mm -hmm. just butt heads with your spouse, take it out Mm -hmm. on them when instead it can be an opportunity to, to like bring to like come together as a team. I feel like when Chris and I are operating in our best way like this, we can be having those really hard parenting moments and we can just give each other a look Mm -hmm. over the kids' heads and like roll our eyes or just Mm -hmm. the big eyes that Mm -hmm. are like, can you believe they're being like this right now? You're seeing this, right? Yes. And that just, oh man, it feels so good to have a partner. Yeah. You don't even have to say anything, but it's like, we're going to laugh about this later. Yes. And it's, and, and we're, it is just that checking in, like we're good. Yeah. And this will blow over. And it can be like, I've got your back. Yeah. Like you said, like I'm seeing it too. I'm experiencing it here with you. I am also crazy. It is stressed. It is out of control. Yeah. And kind of going to that talking outside of those tense parenting moments about how you can best support each other Mm -hmm. during that time, because what has happened for us, you know, I, we, Chris and I will definitely notice like, okay, you are sounding pretty stressed out. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you need to tap out, you know, like you've used up all your patience Mm -hmm. and you kind of need a recharge. But if you say it in a way that's like, (laughs) Hey, why don't you just go to the kitchen for a minute? Yeah. That comes across really differently than kind of judgy. Yeah. Then coming close by, maybe a hand on the shoulder. Hey, do you want to take a break? Like Mm -hmm. I can pop in here for a minute, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I feel like when we've talked about that outside of those moments Mm -hmm. and, and both expressed to the other, like, 
you know, what can I say in those moments? Do we need a funny code word or something? But, and I think then having talked about that, when either of us offers that to the other person, we know we're doing it in good faith. Yes. We're not saying it like, Hey, you're actually making it worse. Can you get out of here? Because you've actually had the pre-conversation. Like when I do this, I'm trying to give you an out. Exactly. (laughs) That's me trying to support you and take care of you. Exactly. Um, I think also being able to vent to each other, Mm -hmm. like you were talking about before. And I think that can be saying that, at like this is to start the to conversation, yes. like, Hey, I've had this really hard day or had this really stress- stressful experience with the kids. And I just need to tell you all about it. And this had happened like a couple times more recently. And then I was talking to Chris about that and just saying, it has been so helpful. Like I am so worked up and I'm so annoyed. And what I really need is for you to just be super calm, to not be alarmed by it, to not get worked up by it. Mm-hmm. And that just helps deflate Mm -hmm. my feelings. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, Oh, I'm so glad you said that because I wasn't sure if that's what you need in that moment. And I was like, yes, I need you to be really calm. It's so funny because I feel like I need the opposite in those moments. Like I need before I can get to the calm, let's, let's troubleshoot. Let's calm ourselves down. Mm -hmm. I need to feel seen. And like, I need you to match my level for a minute. Like I need you to say, yep, she's done that to me too. And it really pisses me off. Like, Mm -hmm. and it feel even outside of parenting, if I'll get fired up about like an extended family situation or something like that, I think I come in hot Mm -hmm. and Jeremiah's tendency is to like, whoa, let's just calm down. But I'm like, no, you're not understanding how I feel because you don't you're just trying to shut it down yeah so like I think that it's helped a lot for him to realize like I just need to get a little fired up with you or like add some snark in there and then you'll calm down with me but like I need some help I need you to meet me where I'm at a little bit see that's super interesting Mm -hmm. and that you don't know unless you have that explicit yeah. conversation because he's trying to be supportive yes. Yes. and see you yeah. but like that's not how you right. feel seen in that right. moment that's really interesting and then just the final thing I will say that I have like worked on our parenting journey I'm in a better place now is just being really open to Chris's ideas about how to parent yeah. because we do have different personalities in some ways he's much more just off the cuff he's more spontaneous mm-hmm. just kind of figure it out as we go whereas I'm like I want the very detailed <laughs> the plan, book the plan the schedule way ahead of when mm-hmm. we get into it and so I think as we've had more conversations in that and that parenting experience just seeing no he's actually bringing really great perspectives to the table mm-hmm. and my way is not always the right way the <laughs> right. best way and really being open to those right Something I've been thinking about this topic, or maybe that touched it off, there is a certain trope in, I have noticed in, in literature, where it's like the inevitably declining marriage, mm-hmm. where these people are, you know, in their 50s, maybe they're empty nesters, and it just almost describes the marriage in a way that's just like, they just grew apart. It just atrophied. The, yeah, the fun just left. Like they became less attracted to each other, just like as marriage inevitably progresses. Right. And something about that, I find myself having such a reaction to mm-hmm. it. I hate it so much. Mm-hmm. And not that that doesn't happen. And, and certainly not that that doesn't happen without effort and exactly. intentionality. Yes. Yes. And so I'm not saying that that isn't, that that isn't happening for some people or that it shouldn't be written about, but in the way that it's written as if it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. And I just, 
am so against that. I agree. Because I just think that, I think about when you're married to someone, you have this, you have this opportunity of going through life with this person Mm -hmm. and like this opportunity to be closer to this person than anyone else. Mm -hmm. And I just think about like what a gift that is. And you, I think you can go through life and you can have a, a good marriage, but what does it mean to like lean into it and mm. like be even more vulnerable with them, find ways to be even more supportive of them mm-hmm. or like see them at their most vulnerable mm-hmm. and say, I'm still showing up for you and I'm still loving yeah. you. And in fact, even more. And, and in, in these new ways as yeah. we grow as individuals and as a family. And, yeah. yeah. And to like grow as people together, to, to discover new things, to do together, to deepen your relationship. I've just been thinking a mm-hmm. lot about that. And yeah, so I think it's something I'm continuing to think about and just, yeah. And like it doesn't how have do to that. be that way. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I feel similarly about it rubs me the wrong way in the same way that the trope of like the long suffering mom who gets no help mm. does. It's like, no, 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 no. We're not playing the martyr. You can right. ask for the help that you need. And again, outside of abusive, dysfunctional right. relationships, we're talking about in a mostly functional, right. you know, marriage exactly. or family situation. Um, I think sometimes we just don't want to do the work or yeah. we just assume a whole lot about the other person that they're Mm -hmm. what they're not going to give you or what they're not capable of giving Mm -hmm. or don't want to or Mm -hmm. and I think we just need to say a lot more out loud yeah (laughs) or maybe even in too like I have said out loud to Chris like I think our marriage is great Mm -hmm. like how can we keep working to make it greater Mm -hmm. like not being like not accepting the status quo even if the status quo is you feel like you have a really good marriage, you know? Because I think then if you're not in the practice of asking that or like checking in and doing that work, life can get busy or Mm -hmm. things can, something hard can happen. And then you're not in that practice of saying, you know, how can we keep making this? Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Because you might need that later. Because otherwise those things just start to chip away Mm -hmm. at what you've built. Like you could have built something pretty good. And if you're not in this growth mindset constantly Mm -hmm. with your marriage, those hard things are going to come up. The cancers, Mm -hmm. the parents dying, the different things. And then that just becomes like, you could have a pretty solid foundation, but if you don't see those things as opportunities to grow and deepen your relationship and get closer together and support each other more, it starts to chip away mm-hmm. at that relationship. So yeah. I agree. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Next, I want to talk about dreaming and planning the future together. Those are both ways that we connect with our husbands. And so I would love to hear what are the specific ways that you do both of those things in your marriage? I like this. Um, I think this is a real good gauge for us how we're doing too. If we Mm -hmm. haven't done a lot of this together lately, Mm -hmm. it can feel like we're a little disconnected or we've lost, lost the plot a little bit, you know, you get down in the weeds. Right. Um, short term wise, just like some weekend logistics meetings Mm -hmm. over coffee and it's not nothing super formal. Nobody's got a notepad out or anything, but we've got our phones so we can see our calendars and just, just planning through what we need. Hey, where can I give you a break this week? Where Mm -hmm. can you, get a break, Mm -hmm. like just talking about those different things on a more regular basis. We really love to watch like 
RVing YouTube together. Like we're learning about, you know, all of these things. And so I guess the bigger point is just like learning something new together Mm. and really like taking on some sort of new adventure together, Mm -hmm. I think is one way we really connect. Mm -hmm. We love like a happy hour dream session. Oh, I love that. Get like two cocktails in and you feel real, you know, optimistic about (laughs) life. And you're just in the backyard. You're talking about how you're going to redo the backyard or where you want to travel. Or like those conversations. House projects, you know, like if money was no object, what would it be? And it's just like, yeah, it just feels like this really good connection point. So that's, yeah. those are some of our ways. Uh, I love that. Okay. We have this, some things that are a little bit more formal, but they're really not that involved, even if they kind of sound that way. So we have an annual summit at the beginning of it. every year, I love it. it. which is, this is just a fancy way of saying, we talk about what big things will be happening that year for our family or for each of us. We talk about what travel we want to plan. And then we talk about financial goals. Mm-hmm. Like these are things it's like that, big picture planning. Yeah. That many people are already doing. Right. We call it a summit. I like it it. just makes it why not call it a summit (laughs) um but in all of that we're talking about what's important to us what's important to us as a family Mm -hmm. what we want to be working towards you know like a financial goal to save up for something if it will take a few years Mm -hmm. or something like that we set aside specific time to do this i mean it really only takes maybe an hour and a half or two hours but that is a time when the kids are all at school and we can do it over an extended lunch or we get a babysitter. Like we really make it like kind of sacred time. We do prioritize it. Um, So it'll first start as just a big conversation and stuff, but it usually makes its way to a Google doc, usually courtesy of me. (laughs) Because that's what I bring. (laughs) That's right. Um, And it's just a way that we end up both feeling really supported and seen individually and makes us feel like we're on a team. Mm -hmm. Um, This is where we prioritize each of us taking trips, like spending time with friends, spending money on doing Mm -hmm. those or pursuing a hobby. Um, You know, like I said, talking about what's important to us as a family, what experiences we want to have as a family, just all of that. And then I think we end up having maybe some smaller summits during the year, Mm -hmm. you know, more so than just those Um, maybe more casual or just spontaneous conversations, but it might be something like more recently, Chris and I had a big planning session to plan out our summer, like what the kids would do and kind of how we wanted to prioritize the budget and things like that, kind of a little seasonal um, Mm -hmm. summit. Sometimes we'll do a mid-year goals Mm check-in because we both make personal goals, Mm -hmm. but not always. And it's not always as Mm -hmm. formal as that, you know, it just might be over weekend coffee or whatever. whatever. Mm -hmm. But then just also having regular, that regular time together so that we can have these conversations and these more informal conversations Mm -hmm. beyond just the logistics of running a household and taking care of kids is so important. I just feel like you can't have that kind of, you can't get to the deeper topics if you aren't giving yourself the time yeah because it's some, not like, just going to be like oh the kids just rushed off to school hey what are your big yeah. hopes and dreams right now <laughs> yeah like you're totally. just not there like right. you almost like need some conversational foreplay yeah in a way, yeah you, know? you need to like just create that rhythm of yeah. conversation and some free time together yes. yeah yes exactly so yes to all of that okay my last question is how do you have fun together lately Okay, so we talked about the day date. Yeah. We love a day date. Lately. Oh, we love a day date. And it's just, the girls just aren't quite comfortable being left home after dark yet. Yeah. Which I think they'd be fine, but yeah. they just are not quite there yet. So 
we will go for a lunch or like a happy hour or something. And it's just so nice. Oh, I love that. Um, we love a night swim after the kids oh, go to bed yeah. or like maybe we'll all be in the pool as a family and then they go to bed and we stay in the pool. Oh my And it's gosh. like, it just feels like this. I don't know. It feels like kind of sexy, kind of like, you know, <laughs> yeah. just like, oh, it's dark out and we're just like slippery. <laughs> I love it. Um, we love finding a show or something that we like to watch together that we both really love. So like we loved The Last of Us together. We were really into that. Sometimes we will watch just like a comedy special together mm. and just that like intentional time to laugh together. Yes. Is, Laughing together. Yes. It's so good and so forgotten about sometimes in the logistics. Mm-hmm. And then we've just loved traveling, RVing. Oh, it's yes. just been Getting the RV has been so cool because it's been both like learning something new. It's been having to like work with our strengths and like really work like a partnership, you know, for setting up and mm-hmm. for all of that kind of stuff, the logistics of RVing. And then, um, yeah, just like setting aside a lot more uninterrupted time as a family and as a couple where we're just like in the woods and mm-hmm. our phones are off and it's just been great. Oh, so I love that. Well, I will say I feel like bringing more fun back to our relationship is something I want to do more (laughs) of. Like it's not the funnest, right? (laughs) We definitely find it in places, but I think we are just, I think we're starting to glimpse that next chapter with Maeve getting a little bit more independent, Mm -hmm. like with her daycare preschool schedule. Let's just be real. It's not real fun till everybody in the household's out of diapers, at least. That's true. It's just just not. It's just not. You got it. You find little bits of it, yes. but it doesn't get like consistently fun until you're not wiping butts anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, I have mentioned this before. Maeve is just like so territorial around us yeah, too. Even if so we're in the funny. same room, she will literally yell at one of us, stop talking. <laughs> if I'm trying to just tell Chris about my day. But she's playing with Chris question, and so she's mad. Yeah. Stop <laughs> talking. Like, you like we can't talking. even talk to each other if she's in the same room. That is hilarious. So that is still happening, but I feel like we're glimpsing, you know, she yes. just will play by herself a little bit more. So even those like co-parenting, I mean, it would just be that like, even the co-parenting times being together, we could just only communicate with our eyes. So yeah. It's just like, <laughs> Give me sign language. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but I will say. Uh, Chris and I honestly just have fun folding laundry, running errands, just anything that's just yeah, he and I together mm-hmm. can be so fun because then you just are chatting or laughing mm-hmm. or just like being silly together. And I feel like we haven't had as much time for those things lately. Yeah. And the little times where we have like, oh, we're just making dinner together or folding yes. laundry together yes. and no children are around. Yeah. It's like, oh, I miss just right. this, like right. the everyday right. togetherness. We are starting to have more family fun together as Maeve gets a little bit older. It's still challenging at times, like I mentioned, but even just like, you know, going out together as a family and noticing like, oh, hey, we're kind of talking. This is kind of fun. Yeah. You know, everybody's relatively happy. Mm -hmm. Appreciating that. We used to be so good about regular game nights Mm -hmm. after the kids went to bed. And I think that just went by the wayside with (laughs) bringing in, you know, another little, little one that was up during the night and sleep and all of that. And so that is something this summer that I am wanting to bring back uh, in a regular way of some kind. So yeah, looking for, looking for a fun, I love the tip about the comedy special together. Yes. Because that is so easy, low effort. Yeah. But then you're laughing together. You're tired. But yeah, Yeah. you're like, oh, we, yeah, we get each other. 
and laughing together. I don't mm-hmm. know. Chris and I had something where I can't remember honestly what it was or bringing up some like super old inside joke. And we were just dying laughing it's together. It's the best feeling. Oh, and it just felt so I good. I love it. So good. Okay. That wraps up our conversation about marriage, but what are you obsessed with lately? Okay. Speaking of back porch mm. cocktail dreaming. Yes. Um, We'll get, and, and we'll kick it back old school style okay. here with like a cocktail I'm yeah. loving lately. If for those of you who listened yes. early on. Um, okay. So this is a super easy summer cocktail and I'm calling it a cheater pants margarita. Cheater pants. It tastes like a margarita you would order at a restaurant. And I'm not even a huge tequila person, yeah. but it is so fresh and refreshing and so simple. Okay. It is 21 seeds tequila. Okay. The grapefruit hibiscus flavor is Yum. amazing, but they have like a... Valencia orange and a like a jalapeno cucumber mm. one that's really good too. But I'm enjoying the grapefruit hibiscus, and that is a woman owned company like two sisters and their best friend, oh, which awesome. I love that. Top that with some fresca. Mm-hmm. That's honestly all you need to do over a lot of ice. But you could also do like a lime wedge and a salt rim or mm-hmm. a tahini rim if you're feeling fancy. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it is like I had it with tacos the other night, and it was just like. It made it that elevated yeah, experience. Like, am like, I at a Mexican am restaurant I now? Right now? Where are the mariachis <laughs> at the moment? So I right. highly recommend that little easy, easy summer cocktail. Oh, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Poolside. Mm-hmm. Okay. My obsession is much less exciting, but it is pillow covers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so not a pillowcase. A pillow but the cover. pillow cover. So you're covering it and you're encasing it? That's is this what's right. happening? Okay. Okay. So the pillow cover is a thing that you you know, put your pillow into it mm-hmm. zips in. Okay. And then you would put your pillowcase okay. on top of that. So it's like an extra layer okay. of cleanliness. I get it. And protection. Just feeling good about your, yeah. your pillow hygiene. I think at the I moment. started using these on the kids pillows yeah, for the inevitable, like bloody nose, and bloody nose. or yeah. if I want a guest to use a pillow, like I just feel good about being able to wash two layers yeah. of <laughs> yes. fabric before letting someone else use the pillow. And anyway, you always see these at Airbnbs, like on the pillows. Yes, very true. So it just kind of feels like almost a little luxury too. Mm -hmm. And just like a little added level Mm -hmm. of cleanliness. So anyway, I have just really enjoyed that I invested in getting good quality. I mean, but just from Target or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. pillow covers for all of our pillows. You are, you so would, have very clean pillows. So I would highly recommend. Yes. There's nothing worse. I'm going to say this. There's nothing worse than you go to somebody's house or even you find, you come across a pillow you haven't seen in a long <laughs> just time. Just come and across like, a pillow. This pillow has been in my life for way too many years and needs to go. <laughs> seen a little bit too much I life. think I'm pretty quick at just like getting rid of the pillow and are getting you? an all new okay. pillow. Okay. Well, this but, might help extend the life yes, of your pillow yes, a little this bit. This might be a better sure. like you know, a little more environmentally friendly route to go. Yes. Yes. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more content from us and want to help support the show, you can become a friend of the show for $5 a month. We have three bonus episodes plus other additional content waiting for you when you sign up. Just click the friend of the show link in the show notes. Find us in between episodes on Instagram. We are high girls next door. The show notes for this episode are on our website, girlnextdoorpodcast.com. And we love to get your emails at highgirlsnextdoor at gmail.com. Thanks so much for dropping in. Until next time, be neighborly. Okay.
ready to dive into marriage. <laughs> Speaking of hot guys. Speaking of hot guys, let's talk about those two in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> who never will be invited on the podcast again. <laughs> but maintaining that kind of relationship. Sheep. <laughs> okay, I love this conversation. It is. Sorry. No. <laughs> I mean, I did. But I, I did, but I don't need I to say that. I didn't want to say it like that. I, I need to write transitions for myself. Yeah. Because like, in these topics especially, it's just like, what are you obsessed with? I know. It is really, there is a, a tricky part. Ugh, I don't know. I'm giving too much. <laughs> so much to say about pillow, pillow covers. Pillow covers, the end. Until next time, be neighborly. <laughs> We've been at this for a while this afternoon. Okay. Okay, test, test, test. There's, there's the, the waves. There's the waves you were looking for. Interrupted by FaceTime <laughs> from the child. This is making the podcast in the summer. And why we try not to. I see you're not listening to your audiobook, Cedric. <laughs> <laughs> Way to prove it. Way to prove it. I'm so bored. I have to randomly text oh you. Oh my gosh. Okay, here we go. I'm going to pick back up and I'm gonna make all those smart and articulate thoughts that I had before, <laughs> just in a much quicker way. Boom. Done for Did the it. summer. We're, we're way ahead for the summer. We'll put it that way. We're ahead for the summer. 